When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Three of the most captivating words in Pittsburgh sports are here we go. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. KT Smith is with me as well. The host of FFSN's The Call Sheet. What's going on, KT? Brian, great to be with you on uh, an actual Friday morning. Usually we are recording on Thursday nights, but this is a, a real Friday. I got my coffee. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. It's a good Friday. We are up to date with everything. I hope the weather holds out for you and your family. I'm going to do some family stuff today as well. I cannot wait. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful weekend. And Kevin, when I say here we go, we are only three weeks away, actually 20 days away from talking about round one on this very show. That's going to be a crazy night. We might have to go ahead and uh, do an early show as well that day because draft day is going to be nuts for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. We could see so many things that they're going to do to add to the offense, to add to the defense, and I am just captivated with it. I can't wait to talk about it, but they've added to the defense this week. Well, actually last week, but they added to the offense this week. And who did they add? Well, they added a mind, and his name is Glenn Thomas. What can we talk about when we say the name Glenn Thomas? Well, first of all, I'm going to try not to say Glenn Edwards, because in my mind, I keep thinking <laughs> Glenn Edwards, the former uh, safety who was a starter and uh, and really a stud on the on those early Super Bowl teams, a, a Super Bowl nine and Super Bowl ten champion. Uh, but no, no, this is Glenn Thomas. So Glenn Thomas is a longtime college assistant who's got uh, NFL experience. He was uh, a quarterback's coach and, and an assistant offensive coordinator in Atlanta between 2008 and 2014. And but he's the, the bulk of his experience is at the college level. He's been in a bunch of different places. He's he's been at Temple and Baylor and UNLV and most recently at, at Arizona State where he was the offensive coordinator this past season in 2022. And then the Steelers announced just the other day that they're bringing him on as an offensive assistant. And I suspect that he'll do for Matt Canada what, for example, Terrell Austin did when, when they brought him on board to assist Keith Butler. 
So this will be really interesting to see how, how this plays out. And I think it's a really good fit. And we're going to talk about why. Well, there's a lot of writing on the bathroom wall when it comes to the hiring of Glenn Thomas, because what we do as Yinzers in Steeler Nation, we hear a name and we immediately create scenarios in our head that go out all over social media as fans. And we're already, these scenarios are ones that are absolutely ridiculous. They're already calling him the replacement for Matt Canada, like Matt Canada was the replacement for Randy Feetner just about three years back when he came in. They're talking about how things went awry, where he was basically sat down in the middle of a game saying, you're not the offensive coordinator right now in college. He was a part of Arizona State, which was a little bit of a mess, but there's a lot more to him than reading on these restroom walls. Right. Uh, I think the Steelers wound up with with Glenn Thomas because what they were looking for was someone who could essentially accentuate the strengths of the Matt Canada, Pat Meyer offense. Because when I talk about Matt Canada as the coordinator, I think it's important that we that we look at Pat Meyer's role in that, too, because he had a, a lot to do with the development of that offensive line in Pittsburgh and the run game scheme that they used last year. And I think they wanted, they wanted somebody who could accentuate that, right? Uh, who has experience in that system, who understands what those two guys want to do. There's an interesting connection between Glenn Thomas and Pat Meyer, and it goes through Matt Rule, the former Carolina Panther head coach. Uh, Glenn Thomas was Matt Rule's offensive coordinator at both Temple and Baylor, and then Pat Meyer was – Matt Rule's run game coordinator and offensive line coach in Carolina. So there's a, a, a really good chance that, that Glenn Thomas knows how to marry the passing game to Pat Meyer's run scheme. And that's going to be really important because as I was, as I was just saying that in Thomas, they wanted a guy who could accentuate the strengths of what Canada and uh, Meyer are already doing. And then, help them develop the weaknesses. And when I look at some of what Arizona State was doing on film, I see some really familiar things in terms of Pittsburgh's offense. I see bunch sets. I see heavy personnel. I see a lot of pre-snap motion. I see the zone scheme. This is all Matt Canada, uh, Pat Meyer stuff. But then I also see things that where the Steelers need to get to. For example, the outside zone run game, the play action pass, the, the pocket movement, et cetera. So for me, the Thomas hiring is uh, some, someone who the Steelers recognize has familiarity with what Canada and Meyer wants to do, but they can also grow it to help the Steelers offense progress to the next level. Well, one thing that I thought of right away when I heard about this signing was that both Matt Canada and Glenn Thomas had something to do with the high school recruitment of one Kenneth Shane Pickett. Now, Kenny, Kenny Pickett was one of those guys that didn't go to Pitt originally. He was, I don't know whether it was a verbal commitment to Temple, and he changed it. But at Temple, there was Glenn Thomas. And then we found out that Matt Canada helped recruit Kenny Pickett to Pitt. So that connection there, right away, when you have two coordinators that have familiarity with the quarterback that's your young quarterback in Pittsburgh 
that's a big help, isn't it? Sure. And I can tell you this, you know, uh, listeners on the, on the, sh- of the show know that I'm, I'm the high school coach at a, a school in Southern New Jersey, ocean city high school and temple university is you know, about an hour from ocean city. It's about an hour from ocean township where Kenny Pickett grew up and Kenny Pickett went to ocean township high school, not to be confused with ocean city. They're about o- ocean townships, about 70 minutes North up the garden state parkway from, from where I am in ocean city. And in, in sort of the greater New Jersey area, specifically South Jersey and Central Jersey, Temple for a long time had almost no presence, which is really weird when you consider that's that should be the recruiting area. You know, you, you, you should you should see this this steady stream of South and Central Jersey football players going to Temple or, or at least getting offers from Temple because uh, there's a lot of. A lot of football town in that area uh, and Temple's a football needy school there. Now they have a hard sell because they're an inner city school. They don't have their own stadium. They play in the link uh, where they struggle to put more than 10,000 fans in the seats. And it can be a hard sell for a recruit who might want a better environment. But when Matt Rule came to Temple, Temple started to recruit Southern and Central Jersey hard. And and it felt like for the first time in, in forever that, hey, Temple was really going to be a player in the recruiting game. They came to see us at Ocean City right away, almost immediately. And and I told the recruiter, it wasn't Glenn Thomas, but I told the recruiter, uh, Ed Foley, I said, Ed, man, it's good to see you guys here because we never see you here. And that's interesting because when you think about it, what what probably attracted Kenny Pickett to Temple would have been uh, Thomas and, and rules team getting out on the road and, and, you know, selling them on the school. And so there's gotta be, you know, some kind of an association and relationship there. And it would, it would make sense too. Now that's obviously not the reason you bring in Glenn Thomas, but it certainly contributes. So maybe Pitt overrolled temple in that situation with Kenny Pickett. Not bad. Not Sorry about that. <laughs> that. That was pretty bad. But let's get back to what this means for the offense. And you said a couple things that you know caught my attention that actually really got me excited because one thing I'm craving as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan on offense is the return of play action and also that outside running game that we don't see a lot of. Now, let's talk about the play action first. What kind of like I know what play action does, but what kind of advantages do you think that the Steelers will see right away with the return of that one aspect of the offense? Right. So one thing that Thomas did well at Arizona state from the film that I watched, I watched ASU play against uh, Oklahoma state and Utah and UCLA. I watched those three games and, and he really works hard to manipulate the linebackers. Um, they're a, they're a, they get into a whole bunch of different sets, but they like to use heavy personnel. So when you use heavy personnel, we're talking about tight ends, H-backs, uh, the occasional fullback. He likes to use H-backs as fullbacks. So when we think, when we say H-back, we're, we're, you know, H stands for hybrid, and you're really talking about a hybrid tight end fullback. Uh, and the Steelers use Pat Fryermuth in that role. Uh, but the guy who I think is really interesting for Pittsburgh in that role is Connor Hayward. And, what Glenn Thomas did at ASU really well was that he would move the H back around the offense a lot, kind of get him to where he wanted him to be uh, at the point of attack in the run game, but then leak him out into the flat a lot or up the seam in the passing game. Uh, 
he would throw behind the linebackers, which is great because this is something we haven't seen the Steelers do in a while. So, for example, if you get the outside zone run game going, so outside zone is really designed as a C-gap play. So, so the C-gap is the gap in between the tackle and the tight end. It's a, it's a wider hitting play. Sometimes outside zone is simply called wide zone. And, and wide zone can bounce to the edge if, if, for example, the tight end is able to seal the defensive end. But usually what you're doing is you're creating a horizontal stretch in the defense, and that causes the linebackers to run. And what you saw Thomas do a lot of at Arizona State was run outside zone, run outside zone, get those linebackers running laterally to the football, and then off of that, pull the ball, and now the QB will boot back against the grain, and you've displaced the linebackers, and you've opened up the middle of the field and you see a lot of that at Arizona state. And that's just not something the Steelers have done much of the Pittsburgh fans have been clamoring now for, for the last few years to attack the middle of the field more. And one way Thomas will do it will be with that boot game off of the outside zone. Really interesting stuff. And another thing that you mentioned was the return of the passing game in the, over the middle, which with Pat Frymuth with some guys that can go over the middle really easily. We didn't see a lot of it last year. And that's another thing that we as fans craved and wanted to see from this team. And you expect to see this stuff actually be implemented. Is it we're now, are we making assumptions that this is automatically going to happen or is Matt Canada going to buy into this? Is he going to sign off on this stuff? Well, that's the million dollar question. That's a really good question. And I don't believe that Thomas is here to take over the offense. And like I said earlier in the show, I think he's here to accentuate it, to build on what's already there. And you would you would like to think that Canada is going to be open to this stuff. I don't I don't think that Matt Canada is opposed to using play action, throwing the ball in the middle of the field, et cetera. I think that he's been working with some limitations. He had a rookie quarterback. Uh, last year, he had an offensive line that uh, had a new line coach and, and new personnel and was learning to play together. And I think the Steelers were limited in some of the things that they could do. They didn't really start to use the outside zone scheme. And I'm, I'm only talking about outside zone because it's it's the best way to get the linebackers moving and then really uh, take advantage of them off of play action. Think, think Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco and how how great they are in their play action passing game. And it's all set up off of the, the outside zone scheme. But uh, the Steelers didn't use a lot of it early last year because it's a hard run play to establish. It takes a lot of, of, of communication. It takes a lot of timing. I mean, you really have to, you're asking linemen sometimes to overtake a defender who's a gap and a half away from them, which picture this, the, the, the defensive tackle is lined up on the outside shoulder of the guard and the center is being asked to block that guy. You're asking the center to to reach block a guy who is lined up on the outside shoulder of the guard. That that can be hard. That takes the guard to really hold that guy up long enough to let the center get there. And then the guard will move off of him and climb to the linebacker. Doesn't happen overnight. Takes lots and lots of reps. And the Steelers didn't get good at it for a long time. but, But they got fairly decent at it by the end of the year. And they started to use that more. Thomas is a really good wide zone coach. Uh, ASU ran it really well. And, and then to, well, if you can get that play going, man, it's amazing how much it opens up the middle of the field because it forces the linebackers to run. And you got, you got to get over the top of that play if you're a linebacker. Uh, and, and so you better be on your horse. Um, 
I'll give you one more, one quick example in, in that Arizona state, Oklahoma state game, uh, ASU hits an outside zone play for about a 30 yard gain down the sideline. It's a really great scheme, by the way, rather than have the H back lead the play, they run the H back across the formation away from the action and the safeties can the H back and he runs with the H back, which removes the safety from the play side. And so now there's no safety to fill. And when that run breaks outside, you know, the backs up the sideline. That was a really interesting little wrinkle that Thomas put on that play. But they hit that play for like 30 yards. So, you know, okay, Brian, you tell me this. When when you're an offensive coordinator, right, and, and you just hit a big run play for like 30, 30 yards, what are you going to come back with on the next play? Most of the time it's a run, right? Sure. Most of the time it's a run because you got the run game going and, and you got the defense on their heels and, you're, and you know, everybody gets their <laughs> it's funny. Uh, like this is the kind of st- some of the stuff we, we we're going to talk about on the on my uh, my call sheet podcast. But like, how do coaches call plays? Well, you know, coaches, a lot of testosterone in the coaching room. Right. You know, and, and so you hit a big run play. What do you think the O-line coach is saying? I mean, immediately, right? The O-line coach is like, run it again, run it again. Like, you know, pound them, pound them, pound them. The number of times that you hear you hear coaches and the defensive coaches especially because you know it's it's keeping it's keeping the other team's offense off the field pound and pound and pound them so asu hits this big play for 30 yards you know they hurry up to the line of scrimmage everybody and their mother's thinking right here, oh, here comes a here comes a you know another run play and and they go play action and they hit they get they get into a bunch set first of all so they condense the formation here's a run formation the defense is all packed in and no, they go play action and they hit the they hit a route called Y cross, which is just a, a receiver crossing the field behind the linebackers and they hit it for a touchdown. It's a great, great play call because it goes against the grain of all the assumptions in, in that situation. And, the, you know, the linebackers just got beat for a big run play. They're going to be amped up. They come flying downhill and they pull the wall and throw behind them. So, I mean, this is the kind of stuff I think that that. Uh, when if you're Mike Tomlin, if you're the, the Pittsburgh front office, hopefully if you're Matt Canada, you're you're recognizing in Thomas and saying, man, we need this guy on board. He's an asset. There is so much to talk about when it comes to the hiring of Glenn Thomas to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to talk more about it. The big question that I have is the personnel that's in Pittsburgh right now. Is that going to be something that's going to gel well with Glenn Thomas's mind? and also with Matt Canada. We're going to talk about that and more when we come back on the latest episode of Here We Go, the Steelers show from Fans First Sports Networks, the Steel Curtain Network. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, we are back on Steel Curtain Network, a part of Fans First Sports Network. We're in launch mode right now. We're getting ready to go, getting so many affiliates up and running. If you're a fan of any different sport, any different team, we are looking to have it all at Fans First Sports Network. So make sure you check that out wherever you check out your favorite podcast and also on Fans First Sports Network's NFL feed. KT Smith had the first show. It debuted yesterday on Thursday. It's called The Call Sheet. Fantastic show, KT. 
Thank you. Appreciate it. Had a, had a good friend of mine on there. Uh, Paul Callahan is really excellent offensive mind doing some great, some great analysis for us on, on uh, play calling and the nature of a call sheet. Uh, I appreciate your production work, by the way, those, those of you listening, Brian and Jeff and Dave and the guys at the, at the, uh, the, the head honchos here at, at, at fans first are doing an unbelievable job to get this thing off the ground. They've been working around the clock, uh, putting in some long, long hours, but uh, I think you guys uh, and all of us here are really on the verge of, of producing something pretty special. Well, thanks for saying that. And we're glad to have you there in an expanded role. I, uh, I claim you first. It's almost like, uh, and the reason I say I claim you first, it's like those fans of U2 back in the eighties that, you know, they all knew you too, and nobody knew them until the Joshua tree comes out and wither without you and the streets of no name. And uh, of course, still haven't found what I'm looking for, which was featured prominently on Sing 2 recently. So our kids know that song. And Bono was actually the voice of of the uh, lion that was singing that song. You know, so, uh, you know, everybody knows it now. But I, I like to say I worked with KT Smith before before anybody else uh, heard of KT Smith as far as uh, as a podcaster. So I have so much fun doing it. We we have this long relationship here. Actually, my gosh, we're getting ready to start our fourth season together on Here We Go, the Steelers show. So uh, really, it's so much fun to do. And I'm glad that you're a part of that as well. So we're, we're making, we're really making plans to uh, make this big. So Make sure you check it all out. We are on Twitter, Fans First SN. Also, you can check out uh, Steel C Network on Twitter as well. So uh, make sure you check out all that. You never know what kind of gem you're going to uncover. I uh, I can actually say this. I'm excited about the Cleveland Browns podcasts network and the Cincinnati Bengals network. Uh, we have uh, guys like John and Frank putting those together. Uh, so many podcasters are are uh, coming together for this and it's looking it's looking really good sounding great and you got to check it out and we are going to have a presence on each other's shows as well especially my gosh afc north we're gonna we're gonna be talking a whole heck of a lot together i can't yeah, believe but... i'm saying this we got to get a good ravens podcast and we don't have a ravens <laughs> network in and, and that's one thing i'm more excited about than anything because we're going to go hand in hand but let's get back to the most important thing, the Steelers, and it's the hiring of Glenn Thomas. And before we talk more about the strategy that he's going to bring to the offense, there's some doubting Thomases out there saying that, you know, this guy is uh, recycled goods, kind of like Matt Canada was. You know, he's has this guy really jumped around, though, like Canada? He has. Uh, he's. He's on the coaching carousel, like most guys are. Uh, you you go where the opportunities are. You 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 wind up with a a certain staff, especially if you're an assistant. You wind up on a staff. The head coach gets fired. The new guy comes in and he brings in his own staff. And now you're looking for another job again. I mean, Thomas has been he's been around, um, but again, that's not unusual. That doesn't that doesn't suggest that he's not a good coach and that he keeps getting fired everywhere. You go where the opportunities are and. I think that uh, that that what he did at Arizona State last year, and you again, you, you can look at Arizona State and say, oh, well, they, they were three and nine. And they were in the bottom half uh, of most of the important metrics on offense in the Pac-12. What, what's exciting about that? Uh, 
But you have to remember, he didn't recruit any of that talent. He was only there for a year. Uh, he came into a situation that was pretty fluid. And I didn't focus on the statistics or the numbers when I watched the ASU's film. I, I focused on the intent and the scheme design. Uh, and and that's where I was impressed with him. So I think people who may be looking at a guy who's bounced around a little bit, who who didn't have, you know, numerical success in Arizona, statistical success at Arizona State may be skeptical. But if you get past that and you look at, at what he's doing and how it fits what the Steelers want to do, it's a really good marriage. Yeah, that's the uh, number one thing that I think is most important here. Let's talk about that marriage with individual players. We talked about Kenny Pickett a little bit, especially with you know the play-action passing. But the big thing is the run game that you were talking about earlier. And it's Najee Harris. How do you feel that Najee Harris fits in with this style of offense, especially any kind of outside running game? Or do you think that it could be something that the Shanahan offense in San Francisco that have done so well with guys like Jeff Wilson and uh, all these different players up there and all these different Elijah Mitchell, all these different running backs. Do you think that this, I'm not saying suggesting a running back by committee, but do you think there's going to be more run specialists here in Pittsburgh? Well, first and foremost, Najee Harris is a very good outside zone runner. And so is Jalen Warren. I think both these guys are built for that scheme. And so I, like we were saying earlier in the show, I anticipate to see more, seeing more of it, especially given the growth of the offensive line last year and, and the fact that the Steelers started to run it pretty well by, towards the end of last season. But the other interesting aspect of Thomas's offense is he's, he's big on gap runs too. So gap runs are runs like power and counter. You know, when you think about, uh, you know, what, what do offensive linemen want to do? They want to they want to put, put some weight on their hand and get off the darn ball. And and there's no better scheme for that than power and counter because they're gaps, they're gap blocks. Gap blocks give you angles, they give you uh, leverage, and they really just let an offensive lineman just again get off the football. And the Steelers ran almost no gap schemes last year. And again, I, I I think that part of that was because of the simplicity of just being able to design an offense based off of one core run scheme allowed for Canada then to, to build in a lot of intricacies to that scheme. But if the Steelers want to elevate their, their performance, they're going to get have to be able to get a little bit more uh, advanced, right? So Thomas ran a lot of gap schemes, and, and, and they usually rely on a lead blocker of some sort. So maybe that lead blocker is a fullback, maybe it's an H-back, maybe it's a tight end. But I think when you give Najee Harris a lead blocker and you allow him to sort of uh, you know, reduce the amount of clutter he's got to navigate. He can be a little bit more decisive. My, if I had one criticism of Najee Harris as a running back, it's that at times he's too patient. He's got a little of that Le'Veon Bell, you know, kind of bounce, bounce, pick, pick, pick. And sometimes you just want him to go. And when you run gap schemes and you have a lead blocker, you know where you're going. And I'd love to see the Steelers invest a little more heavily in those schemes. And Thomas, again, is a guy who did a lot of that at Arizona State. It felt like we saw more of lead blocking in the last six games last year, and things fortunes were very good in the last six games of 2022. Does this bode well for Derek Watt to come back? 
Well, that's a really good question. I don't know because, again, when I watch I'm – I'm not trying to base the whole Steelers offense off of what Thomas did at Arizona State. I'm just incorporating a lot of that into the discussion because that's our topic right now and because we, I think we both think that Thomas is going to have some say in the offense next year. But when you look at what he did at Arizona State, he didn't use a traditional fullback a lot. What he did do was – move his H back all over the, all over the field. So when he wanted a fullback, he just lined his H back up there. So my question is, do you keep Derek Watt on the roster or do you fold Connor Hayward into Hayward into that role? Connor Hayward's a guy who I think is a perfect fit for what Glenn Thomas wants to do and who we saw um, take on a, an increasingly large role in Matt Canada's offense last year. By the end of the year, the Steelers were leaning on Connor Hayward to make big plays in big moments because they recognized how diverse he is. He can run the ball, he can block, he can catch the football, both you know in the short, intermediate, and even deep down the seam roles. And you don't find guys who can do all of those things. So that's the interesting question. Does Derek Watt retain his, his roster spot because of what he can do on special teams and because of his ability as a lead blocker, or does Connor Hayward Hayward usurp that role? That's very interesting stuff there. Now, I know that Connor Hayward is going to have more opportunities in this offense, just like you said that he had more opportunities in the last half of last season as a rookie. Uh, man, that Atlanta game, that touchdown, you know, making big plays in the last couple games. I think there was a big play against the Raiders as yeah, the, well. The jet sweep to ice the Raiders game with with under a minute to go when the Steelers needed a first down. And it and to give the ball to Hayward in that situation, right, speaks volumes about their faith in him because that was a game that was a play that essentially clinched the game. What other player do you think is really going to benefit from Glenn Thomas coming in here? And how does this affect the wide receivers? So if the Steelers, if the Steelers are going to attack the middle of the field more with the play action passing game, that screams George Pickens because you have a big target. Uh, you have a guy who is obviously fast and can move and uh, a, an individual who, if you're displacing linebackers, uh, is is just built to get across the field and 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 get yards after the catch. The Steelers were a pretty good yak team last year. They did a pretty good job with yards after the catch, but Pickens's route tree was fairly limited in his rookie season. He, his routes were, were largely contained to those kind of outside the numbers, boundary type routes, quick routes, an occasional skinny post like you, like you saw towards the end of the season uh, in, in, uh, I can't remember what game it was. Was it the Cleveland season finale or the Baltimore game? I think it might've been the Baltimore game in, in week 17 where they hit Pickens on that skinny post for a touchdown, but you didn't see a whole lot of that. And you definitely didn't see him running the Y cross, which is one of my absolute favorite football concepts. So Y cross for those listening or, or not real familiar with it is a fairly simple concept, great off of play action where you're taking the safeties. The, taking the top of the coverage off with some sort of deep route it could be a post route. If, if it's a condensed set, it could be a corner. You're stretching the flat defenders with some kind of a flat route, uh, oftentimes coming from the tight end. Uh, and then you're going to, and then, so now what you've done is you, you've taken the safety out of the, of the middle of the field. You've stretched the flat defenders. You're going to manipulate the linebackers with some kind of play action. 
And then you're going to take a receiver and run him on a crossing route behind the linebackers, a deep cross, uh, what we call a ladder route, which means like you're kind of climbing the ladder as you cross the field. You're getting depth as you cross the field. And and that's a concept that it just it's it's universally fantastic because if you can take the top of the coverage off uh, and and get those safeties to run deep, the linebackers are in a really tough spot because they have to honor the play fake, uh, and and then they have to recover and try and run with a guy like George Pickens. So to me, George Pickens stands to benefit the most from an advanced play action scheme if the Steelers are willing to go there. What else? What are we missing with the Glenn Thomas hire as we wrap up this show? Uh, well, it would be very, really interesting to see uh, if if the Steelers get as heavy on, uh, well, to use that word, heavy formations as I think that they will. There's actually, I'm actually having an article out today on uh, Behind Steel Curtain uh, about just that, that an article that that focuses on the Steelers using more heavy sets like they were doing near the end of last season. And like, I think that some of their resign, some of their, their signings, like say Amalu and, and Nate Herbig and re-signing Zach Gentry. To me, that all suggests that the Steelers are going, are evolving from an 11 personnel team, which means uh, basing out of a three wide receiver set to more of a 12 personnel team where they're basing out of two wide receivers and two tight ends. And that's stuff that Thomas did a ton of. Canada likes that stuff. Uh, I, I just think that we're going to see more tight ends on the field. Uh, and the Steelers have three pretty good ones. They have a really interesting tight end room. You have the do-it-all guy in Pat Fryermuth, who's the prototypical modern NFL tight end. He's big. He's athletic. He can block. He can catch the ball down the field. He can pretty much do whatever you want him to do. And then you got your your blocking tight end, so to speak, in Zach Gentry, who's a little bit like a glorified offensive tackle on the field. And then you've got you know a little bit of a of a Swiss Army knife type uh, in Connor Hayward, who who can can uh, double as a fullback if you need him to. So there's a lot of combinations that the Steelers can put on the field with their tight ends. And so I wonder if another reason to bring Thomas in was because he's good with that stuff with those multiple tight end sets. Well, fantastic. Great stuff. Thanks for the analysis. I am, when I saw the the hire, I'm, I brought out my inner owl. I'm like, who, who, who? But now <laughs> I feel like I know so much about Glenn Thomas and what he can really do for the Steelers. And I, I kind of feel excited about it. Sure. And a lot of it will depend on how how well he works together with, with Matt Canada and Pat Meyer. Uh I would think that the Steelers feel pretty comfortable about it. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't have brought him in. There's a lot of a lot of t- times you get a name. Oh, bring in this guy. Bring in Nathaniel Hackett, right? Who who uh, w- you know was rumored to be maybe a, a a quarterback's coach possibility for the Steelers. But who you know who knows what his personality? is. Byron like, Leftwich too. Well, oh, everybody loves Byron, right? Uh, but Byron Leftwich, you know, and I'll mention this real quick. Sure, the Pittsburgh Association, but. Byron Leftwich was a backup quarterback in Pittsburgh for three years, from 2010 to 2012. He hasn't been in Pittsburgh for over a decade. The offense he ran in Tampa Bay was way different than what the Steelers run uh, here in, in Pittsburgh. And so while the name is familiar, familiarity doesn't necessarily equate to it being a, a, a good fit. So I, I, I think what Leftwich was a, a, a poor fit for what the Steelers want to do, and I'm glad that they didn't go that route. 
All right. So as we wrap everything up, you mentioned a few articles that you have going on. Anything else that you want to go ahead and pump up to our Steel Curtain Network Nation? Well, you know, I'm doing a, actually a, the, a, the conversation we just had today about about the um, Thomas hire will will come out in, in written form with a lot of film clips from his stuff uh, at Arizona State early next week. And then and then on fans first uh, on the NFL feed, my podcast next week will be on quarterbacks. So uh, quarterbacks. If you're uh, one of the quarterbacks at the top of the draft, you got three quarterback needy teams. You have Carolina uh, and you have the Indianapolis Colts and you've got Houston, the Houston Texans. What's the best situation? If you're a young quarterback who, who's, a, who's a possibility to be taken at the top of the draft, which of those teams is the best situation for you? So that'll be one of our big conversations next, uh, in next week's podcast. I tell you what, I'm going to throw this in at you. I am rooting very hard for Will Levis. I am rooting very hard for Anthony Richardson and Hendon Hooker to all go in the top 16. Why? Because that pushes a couple guys down to the Steelers. That's a great point. I don't think falling, I, I don't think these players fall in the draft because of anything but the, uh, the marketplace. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to pump up one of our affiliates here on Fans First. I listened to a really good podcast yesterday on the Minnesota Vikings First and Skull, which is a <laughs> a great name. I listened to their uh, First and Skull podcast yesterday because they did a really interesting deep dive on Hendon Hooker. I thought it was very good. So props to those guys. Well, David Stefano, uh, Tyler uh, Florio, I mean, uh, Forn- excuse me, Forno, uh, good stuff there. Uh, great. In fact, I've gotten to know uh, Dave Stefano really well. Um, he's the one that takes care of all of our logos at Fans First Sports Network. Uh, just uh, it's really great to have access to these other teams. To for me, just to know so much more about the Steelers, it's so much more to know about their opponents as well. So great stuff. Make sure you check it out. Thanks for bringing up First in School as well. Absolutely. So good, great to be with you. And and uh, as we're, I know we're going to get out of here. So I just wanted to wish a happy Easter to everybody and have a great weekend. Well, thank you so much for KT Smith. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. This has been Steel Curtain Networks. Here we go. The Steelers Show. We ask you to do this. Have a happy Easter if that's what you celebrate. And keep your feet on the ground. And keep reaching for the hypocycloids. Mm -hmm.